0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Strikes Back. My name is George, and you're listening to our weekly podcast with the boys, Connor. Hello. And Benny. Hi there. Episode 157. Ooh wee, we're getting through them, fellas. We're getting through them. And we have some news this week about Tenet. We have... Uh, question of the week a bit later courtesy of movie book club thanks for everyone who has uh been in there in the group we've reached over 100 members closing in fast on 150 so everyone listening in um please please come on in it's a great place thanks to all the contributors who are in there having a great time um so we've got a great question there and also Something that I am, fuck, I, I know this is a bit of a teaser, but I am so pumped to talk about this film, Adaptation, Benny's pick for Movie Book Club. Hey, let's see where the conversation goes. I'm curious. <laughs> but before we get into that, let's catch up on what everyone's been watching. Connor, why don't you take it away, sir?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I gave a little bit of a teaser as to what I watched Uh this week to you gentlemen because occasionally I do see you outside of this podcast Um, but uh, this is a film that you guys have talked about quite a bit over the last, like even talked about it like multiple times because you've rewatched it Um, and I had just never gotten around to so I finally put on um, Halloween uh, the most recent remake Uh, and this movie had a lot going against it because of how much it hyped up um, particularly by you too, um, but uh, I gotta say I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, in terms of the craft of a horror film, I think this is really good. Um, and by that I mean, like the music in particular is um, spectacular. Um, the way it's shot, so the cinematography—I'd um, even say the acting, um, to a certain degree, is 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 really good. Um, and so yeah i just thought like this is such a like a a kind of fun good horror film um one thing that did kind of pull me out of the film and this is the same i guess criticism that i had of the original um was that it feels oddly you know um are they hard to suspend belief with this thing? Because at the end of the day, he's just like a slow moving idiot with a knife. And he's the kind of nature. I'm, yeah, of, yeah, no, look, yeah, it, <laughs> I get the whole idea of like it, like the metaphor and all, and that kind of thing. And, and it is a horror film. So that you do have to suspend some level of disbelief, but I felt like they, they put in an awful lot of effort to make it feel grounded in the real world. But then, you know, his actual danger, wasn't it didn't feel believable and neither did the um the kind of convoluted plan that that um the protagonists had i mean particularly at the end where it's like it's not like it's actually a trap you're like spoilers whoa that is <laughs> um i mean that, that's too vague i i'd say it would be really a spoiler <laughs> we'll give, we'll, we'll give you um, a but uh you i, I was, like when they said that i was like oh come on like wh- how do, no um and so um I, I wouldn't say that, that you know, that's something that kind of nigs at the back of my head. Um, and it's still an enjoyable film. Like I I think you could still watch this film and appreciate the craft and have a good time with it. Um, but I just, yeah, I did feel at some point where I was like, this is, you know, for, for a movie that seems to be wanting to ground itself, it does seem to have these like lofty kind of more supernatural horror type um plot devices.
0: I feel as though In the sequel, the one you're referring to here, uh, the characterization seems a lot more grounded. Uh, Whilst if you compare him to the original, I feel like John Carpenter's vision is a little more um, otherworldly or he feels like ever so slightly more... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Supernatural. He feels more supernatural. In this one, he in. feels like a dude who's like super brute force. Like he feels a bit more grounded in this one, having mm. a little bit of that supernatural but that's kind of my point. And, and, and a playfulness with yeah. it. But in the original Halloween, yeah. um, I feel like the character was a lot more in that ballpark. Yeah. But and this that's one, kind of, it that's point, the line though, really like it's, nicely. It's, it's very much like they're
1: making a more grounded Jason, but they're maintaining mm. this kind of like,
0: Michael I mean Myers.
1: more than. Oh, sorry, uh, not Jason. Sorry, on, Jason.
0: Um, and not Mike. Myers. Um, not Mike Myers. And either, not Austin yeah. Powers.
1: What was the movie that did a? a oh, it was um, Baby Driver that did the joke about that. Very um, good. But uh,
0: you yeah, it's, yourself. Uh,
1: I did. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I, I found like the the first one had a far more grounded, um, Mike Myers, Michael Myers, um, whereas the, oh, sorry. I got that mixed up. The first one was a little bit more kind of I don't know if I'd say supernatural. supernatural. I mean, it's it's like ambiguous, kind of almost really. Like they're not trying to like in this one, while you don't see his face, you definitely see that he is a prisoner and like, you know, he feels as though he is part of the real world. Um and I think that's what kind of brought me at odds with this. Like, if you're gonna make it feel grounded, brought but still have him.
0: Yeah, like, but Zuby like he was like encroaching in on you, you're like all right, go, <laughs> <it's, glad
1: you laughs> <know." laughs> just like on oh, the couch, you know.
0: All right, movie. Um, all right, you've done yeah. you've done enough now. When the trap but, comes out at the end, yeah, because the yeah. table. It's
1: exactly my point. Like, why try and make this character more grounded if you're going to maintain the kind of what? Like, if you re-watch the original now, it's like the silliness of it. Really, it's just like this slow-moving kind of.
0: Listen, you'll always find something, all right, that first point, all right? <laughs> me, me specifically yeah, you or specifically. just, like, in you are Definitely serious. you specifically. <laughs> point, number one. point number two, I think if you just look at it as a complete piece, that is a fantastic requel, sequel, reboot, mm. whatever the fuck you want to call it, and a horror movie that you can go to without seeing the original, I think that's an awesome flick. That's actually... Yeah one of my favorite horror movies of recent memory. I had a great time watching it in the cinema and I had a great time watching it again recently.
1: Yeah. I mean, that score alone is enough to like
2: fun times.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Carpenter's working at the the height of his powers with that shit. Um, Yeah. That, that movie, I think in terms of revisiting a really old franchise, that balances it better than just about anything else that's come along.
1: Oh, considering what they were like, you know, considering the track record of 20 years on or however long it was, um, Mm -hmm. you know, reboot, re-sequel, whatever it actually is. Um, Yeah. Re-seek. Yeah. Can we coin that? (laughs) I don't know. Can we coin that on this (laughs)
0: podcast?
1: Yeah, blip that
0: out.
1: 15th June, 2020. Re-seek, yeah. Um, I mean, it actually makes the more I think about it, the more I like that phrase in terms of it makes sense. Um, But, uh, yeah, in terms of like how those usually go down, Fuck, this is this is kind of nailed it. Love it,
0: Benny. Benny? What did you watch this week, uh, bro? Just before
2: that, well, I guess something I did watch this week. Did you guys see the um, the Bill and Ted Face the Music trailer? Came
1: out. Oh, I missed that. Uh, I, I like, mm. I saw that it was out, but I didn't watch it.
2: I'm too yeah, used, just talking, too about like <laughs> uh, yeah, talking about
0: revisiting
2: old Yeah, talking about revisiting franchises. Um, I that? don't know if this one's. I don't know if this one's going to work necessarily. Mm. It's uh, that is a that's a goofy old series. I don't know if they can recapture I, that with,
0: luck, with old man. people. It's like when they did they Dumb and Dumber. Do not have faith.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what comes to mind. Is like Keanu you know, is they an amazing to
0: do... human, but he can only <laughs> be pushed so far. And it's a, like if they tried to bring back okay Ace actor. Ventura. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it's like if they tried to bring back Ace Ventura. You'd be like, oh, I love those movies. I don't know that I would want to see that re contextualize or like it's kind of like this beautiful thing for when it was, they how did. It was. Ace,
2: Ace Ventura 3 was one of the few movies that came out this year it had um Sonic the Hedgehog in it <laughs> 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 all right um what have I been watching this week I rewatched The Big Sick um nice. starring Kamal Nanjiani um such a good movie um I won't Amazing. I won't go guys, on about it but really want to check out
0: you know I'm a real I'm a real guy and I'll tell you straight up, <laughs> you guys recommended that and told me for a very, very long time, and I, I act, I actively didn't listen. I was like, "Fuck those guys, man! <laughs> They're telling me what to watch," pissed yeah. me off. And then I watched it, and I was proved wrong, and I became a better person. Excellent, everybody
2: wins. <laughs> um, and I also watched uh, one of my favorite movies from 2018, I believe, Searching, starring John Cho. Oh. Um. That is just such a good inventive movie, like nothing else out there except, I guess, the unfriendly movies, but uh, I think a much better example um, of of those in that format. Um, That's that's another one that I I just got to say, I feel like it's maybe been a little bit forgotten now. A lot of people could potentially be not interested in it because it is literally just like looking at a computer screen uh, in theory. But, um, man, more emotionally investing than most movies that come out. Big recommend on that one.
0: Yeah, man, awesome. that is another one you recommended, Benny. Chuck that on, and you know, on the premise, you know, you say to someone, "Oh, it's a guy and he's staring at his screen, and mm. all this stuff's happening," and it just sounds so mundane, but the presentation of it is expertly done, better than Unfriended, um, and and I quite enjoyed Unfriended. This is this one's an, on another level, and great performance from John Cho. Oh
2: yeah, um, and other than that, I've just been powering through. It's always sunny in Philadelphia.
0: Nice. that's my week. Fantastic. Well, I want to give a shout out to Connie Correas from the movie book club, because I put out a question this week in there and said on the Friday question segment, what is your favorite horror movie? And like, Thanks to everyone who answered this crazy, crazy amount of engagement. Fifty-eight comments on this in a group whoa, whoa. of hundred and thirty odd people. Insane engagement. Thank you, everyone. Um, but uh, so a lot of interesting choices and uh, some things I haven't hadn't even heard before, and some things that you know I've been wanting to to re- to revisit or, or watch for the first time. But one I'd never heard of was "We Are Still Here." So I chucked this on. Um, and this was like, like a really cool little 80 minute horror film. It feels definitely like a first feature definitely, um, is a little rough around the edges and whatnot, but there is some really nice melding of, I would say insidious with like the exorcist and even a little bit of the shining, you know, it's got a really cool vibe and some great character designs, um, the way they portray the sort of uh, the spirits, we are still here. It's sort of like about a house that is haunted um, with these spirits that live in this. And Hey, it sounds so boring and mundane. You've heard it a million times, but it was just, it was really, really solid. Um, And uh, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And at the end it goes, it shoots for the stars. So um, I I I just like I'm just kind of just stoked on everyone's recommends, and I'm gonna try and go through a few more, because um, it's nice to see just everyone kind of sharing movies, and I, I'm just having a great time. The whole thing was just a really good time for me, you know.
2: Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to check that one out, Georgie. That that was a great um list of horror movies I saw there. A bunch uh, even I haven't seen. I gotta get dive
0: into it yeah it premiered at south by southwest in 2015 and i would say it's probably like if you look at the rotten tomatoes or some of the reviews maybe it's a little inflated for what it is but mm-hmm. like, i still recommend it for a horror fan to put on and you will get something out of this and some awesome awesome jump scares some creepy mm-hmm. creepy scenes oh um, yeah good times i
2: find awesome. horror is the genre that i most um I see the biggest discrepancy between kind of review scores and what I think of them. Um, cause I think they're a bit more, um, bit more of a, a personal taste thing. Case um, in we'll, point talk about them, we'll talk about it a bit later. I think
0: case in point from last year, what's that horror movie you love with army hammer? We'll revisit this very soon, Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's me done. Cool. Got a bit of tenant news. Yeah, we've been tracing this
2: story for weeks and weeks and weeks. Whether or not *Tenet* would be delayed, the last trailer came out uh, like a month ago or whatever. It didn't have an actual release date on it; just said coming to theaters. Um, we finally have got the news: *Tenet* is getting pushed back uh, by two weeks. Um, apparently, according to the New York Times, um, the uh, the uh, distributor wanted to Warner Brothers wanted to push this back, probably significantly further. Um, because the market is still really not there. It's very um, unsure of itself at the moment, but apparently they just wanted to appease Nolan, who wants this movie out in theaters uh, ASAP. Um, Whether or not that pans out, we will see pretty soon. Um, Mulan now stands to be kind of the first major, major release um, in theaters if it holds its July 24th release date, um, Tenant now being July 31. Uh, And then uh, Wonder Woman 1984 has moved from... Uh, mid-August all the way to the beginning of October um so it feels like we could be seeing another sort of cascade that we saw when when No Time to Die initially made the move to delay um a few other things Godzilla versus King Kong has moved from the end of this year to um midway through next year and The Matrix has moved a full year back to April 2022 so um we're going to be seeing the um the effects of this this situation in Hollywood for a long time to come.
1: This this might be a weird thing, but I hope they keep delaying Matrix for I, I never <laughs> want to see on. that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I, I like the idea of that movie no. more than I ever want to actually watch it. Dude, imagine hey, hear, if it's fucking kind of
0: awesome. awesome. Don't watch it. If it <laughs> well, sucks, watch if it. it sucks, let's not be silly. <laughs> if it silly. sucks, <laughs> I can't tell you how much of an average time I had with Matrix uh, Reloaded. I just like. <laughs> You know, it is nothing on the original. It's like, so if the Matrix 4 sucks, eh, water off a duck's back. If it rules, like the opportunity cost to force something successful, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. The franchise, in my opinion, is already trashed. Uh, So like, (laughs) let's go. Let's see what can be done here.
1: I feel but like for me, I feel like it's opening an old wound. Like I 100% agree with you. Like the second and third one are... um, entirely average compared to the first um and you know look actually like i say that to be fair like there's parts of the second and third movies 100%. that i really enjoy um 100%. but on 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 average it is just that average as a whole um, piece yeah yeah but and uh, so but like i dealt with that years ago you know decades ago like that for me i feel like that that's an opening closed piece this is kind of like you know Bringing it back, I'm like, you've you've better have a good reason for this because if it's average, it's going to make it that much worse, right? It's just going to rem- make me like think about how average the second and third was, and I, I just don't want that. Uh, I don't
0: listen, Does that make sense? I think, I think, with, yeah, uh, l- l- that's hundred percent what could happen, but I won't be bothered by that. I'll be like, oh yeah, it was mm. the same quality as two and three, too bad, but but I think more so. You know, if we're heading back to sort of tenant and whatnot, um, I'm getting <clears throat> yeah. really, really excited for tenant. Like I was, I, I, I know, I don't know. I, I feel as though us in Australia and whatnot, we seem to be very, very fortunate with how COVID has unfolded. Um, and it seems to be, whilst there are some surges here and there and whatnot, overall things to be fairly under control. Um, let's see how it'll all unfold. Um, but you know, I anticipate probably July at this stage, it looks like we will be watching Tenet and and doing a review for that. So that's kind of cool, you know. I'm excited for that.
2: Yeah, don't Although, don't get your hopes up too high. <laughs> this could this could still change at, totally. at any moment. Totally. I have
1: however, I have been enjoying like going back to pieces that I haven't seen and like exploring like the plethora of movies out there. So um yeah it's it's you know if it gets delayed I won't you know I won't be that disappointed. But it's not the worst thing in the world
2: actually like if, if they just stop making movies until we can all fucking catch up with <laughs> the, the millions that there already are.
1: Honestly, they could they could like not and it, this might actually happen, but like they could just not release films for an entire year. And I would have enough content to like last me that year. If I just watched a movie every day, let alone like, I, they I don't could, think they there's could enough... never
2: make another movie and we'd be set for life still. Yeah. I mean, we'd probably we probably be watching pretty bad stuff by the end. Of yeah, <laughs> I was
1: going to say they might not all be gems, but <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. you
1: certainly get an education.
2: Anyway, that's what passes for news these days. That'll have to do us.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've really milked this tenant thing. Like I write this title every week and I'm like, Tenets Tenet again. All right, I can give you. I can give you a new headline.
2: Tenant. Um, uh, Jurassic World Dominion has resumed production. Dominion. Be Since
0: whoa, 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 whoa. Dominion. When did that yeah. happen?
2: We announced it on the show a long time ago. No, but, uh, we didn't. Yeah, I would remember and, uh, that kind of thing. i sure
1: we talked about it.
2: Um, yeah so that that's finally resuming production so this could be indicative you have to of bring it up. a bunch more movies kind of getting back on because obviously that's not the one we're actually excited for but it's still a good sign
0: yeah yeah. Hey, we'll see we'll see what happens mm-hmm. uh, should we go on to question of the week? let's hit it so again movie book club our boy Jake Travascus uh, hey Jake Thanks for heading in there and commenting, everyone. It is really awesome to see. So this is a question from Jake. Anybody got a film they love but everyone else hates? For me, it's Star Trek Into Darkness. I find it to be one of the best action sci-fi films I've seen in ages and peak J.J. Abrams. Great action, story, comedy and Cumberbatch is an awesome villain but people rag on it as if it's crap, mainly Star Trek fans. I don't get it. So... Who I'm, wants to get in there for films? Kind Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put one out. Um,
1: but first, I want to say, like, I kind of agree with Chris. Like, I have never understood the vitriol um, against this movie. Like, it's not. I, I've, I've never thought it was a bad film.
2: I mean, it's not. I'm like, not getting into this discussion. It's not <laughs> I'm great. I'm, not, I'm just not. I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm yeah, not gonna stop I've, I've never. Um, I'm yeah, never that, stop. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's
1: fine. I just. I'm just bringing it out there. Like, I are you just guys don't talking about Into that bad, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There's so many worse films out there. Um, Anyways, no, uh, mine is. um, uh, I was going to say Age of Ultron, because I've spoken about that quite a few times. Um, A lot of people really seem to dislike that film in the overall context of the MCU. I really love it. Um, One of the other movies that I was going to mention, it doesn't really fit the description, but um, I got to give a shout out to King Arthur um, uh, simply because
2: Legend of the uh, Sword.
1: Yeah, I get I get caught defending that film more than I more than I'd really like to. <laughs> um but uh nonetheless I've got to got to give it a shout out cuz you two absolutely mm. hate that film and I
2: uh, I enjoy it. I don't hate it. I just think it's kind of crap and the biggest box office bomb in history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think my one it has to be I know The the only one that really comes to mind, because I'm into such great films, is Doom. <laughs> um, the, the one from 05 with The Rock and Carl mm. Urban and Ros- Rosamond Pike. Like, yeah. dude, this is a killer movie. Um, I'm sorry. Like, whatever complaint <laughs> yeah. you have, take it to the cleaners. Like, Doom, yeah. I'm all about Doom. And I'm actually probably going to watch it this week. Because... Have you
1: ever played a Doom game? Like, where, where does this loyalty yeah, yeah, come from? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We used to. Oh, really? So in high school, when we had DT design technology class, we had a computer <laughs> period. We all had um, emulators and ROMs, so we used to play all the Nintendo 64 things. But we had, Classic. we had Doom 2, and everyone used to smash Doom 2. Like, it was a good. Time, we used to have man. Quake. Quake was the big oh, one. Oh, yeah. I see. I never played Quake. Yeah. So, Sim- very similar, similar like- kind of thing, but um, yeah. You know, it. You know, if you're either a Doom guy or a Quake guy, like let's be real. (laughs) Is that I used to do my (laughs) schoolwork while I was at school. (laughs) Did you Uh, see now? That's where you missed out. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I think Doom. Doom's my pick. That's a good one. I only watched that for the first time last year. It it is fun.
2: I've never seen it. Like when you come at it knowing that it's hot garbage, or at least everyone thinks it is. It's
0: enjoyable. Dude, the performances Mm. are really good. Like, people, everyone's going for it.
2: Everyone's going for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alrighty, George, you, you just alluded to mine earlier. Uh, firstly, I will shout out um, definitely Age of Ultron, because that one baffles me, but also uh, Thor, The Dark World. I just fucking love that movie. I think I love it more as time goes on, and that is just the punching bag of the MCU. Um, but no, the one that you mentioned earlier, Georgie, was um, Babak Anvari's Wounds, Netflix film from last oh, year, starring yes. Army Hammer cool little horror movie that I've watched uh, several times in the year that it's been out already. I think it may have been my favorite film of last year and I've never seen anyone more than kind of like it a bit, (laughs) whereas I just absolutely adore it. Um, And I'm, I'm at peace with that.
1: Do you know what though? I I really appreciate this question in general because it does show you that like liking a film is such an imprecise kind of thing and Mm. you know, there's so many factors that affect how you see a film. Like there's like almost kind of like you could never really predict what will really tickle you. Um, Mm. So I love the idea that like there's movies that people, you know, objectively hate, but it just does something for some people. And you're like, fuck it. I don't care. I just, I enjoy that film.
2: It's almost as if uh, criticism is entirely subjective (laughs) and uh, everyone should stop getting up in each other's face almost as if (laughs) wow what a novel idea
1: unless unless it's dark tower in which case you are objectively wrong anyone that enjoyed dark tower fucking
0: at me Mm. oh but i will say to back benny up anyone who's into any kind of filmmaking or horror go check out that king cast you've been plugging benny that stephen king adaptation thing i listened to the Um, Dark Tower episode, and it is fascinating.
1: I keep forgetting. All right. You know what? I'm going to actually add it to my podcast now because I keep forgetting. Go
0: into that that and enjoy. So, to clarify,
2: it is not about the the film adaptation starring Idris Elba. It is about the the, uh, Amazon series that they shot a pilot for that never got picked up. Um, It sounds like it was going to be really, really interesting. Um, If you're at all a fan of, um, you know, productions that that never happened, these kind of alternate universe franchises. um, It is such an interesting lesson.
0: I I highly, highly recommend it. So there we have it. Uh, Question of the week all done. Movie book club. One I was very excited for. Benny, you chose adaptation. Why Mm -hmm. don't you tell us a little bit about the thought process Behind your pick and uh take it away. Yeah.
2: Uh yeah. So last week I bounced back and forth between like maybe six different movies. And I think the day before we recorded, um, Adaptation, um, directed by Spike Jones, written by Charlie Kaufman, just popped into my head. And I wasn't sure if either or both of you guys had seen it or not, or anyone out there listening, but I was like, this is just one of those movies that I think could easily kind of um, slip by the wayside. Uh, it's just one of those things you could see on a shelf. It's just Nick Cage's head on a flower pot. Um, and if anyone knows anything about streaming, it's generally don't click on anything that has Nick Cage's face on it because there's just a lot of garbage out there. Um, so I wanted to just give this a movie a shout out because um, Charlie Kaufman, um, he's just just the writer of this film, but he is all over it, um, very, very literally. Um, and Charlie Kaufman films, even as he generally only is the writer, they still, they just ooze him. He's he's really an auteur writer, which is not a common thing. Um, and I just read it described today that the first Charlie Kaufman film you watch is a film like any other you've seen before, unlike any other you've seen before. Um, sorry. Uh, and yeah, so I just wanted to to get this one out there.
0: This is one I've been wanting to watch for, a number of years and uh, I, I I love that meta thing. There was this band in high school <clears throat> that I loved called Coed in Cambria and they had this album
1: ah, yes. where
0: they had this sort of five arc story and then in one of the acts it was like, oh, there's actually a dude writing this sci-fi story. And his life and the characters in his life are actually paralleled in some way, shape or form and manifest in different ways in the story and they sort of intertwine. And, I, and that was when I was about 15 and ever since then I've been fascinated with those kind of stories. So this one I was really, really excited about but um, I think, uh, you know, it was it was just uh, a, his writing like as one of the the key takeaways, like this guy is an incredible writer of humans like i feel like these are humans on screen like i can't i can't tell you how much nick cage like i was i was connecting with that character to uh, another if you're able level. to write a
1: character that nick cage can play and the audience can connect to you're doing something mm-hmm. right cuz mm-hmm. <laughs> you
2: know, that's a challenge in and of itself not to mention two different characters in the same film as well
0: mm. that relationship between those characters I, I actually wanted to film, like I was laughing so loud and genuinely, I wanted to film myself <laughs> and show often you guys, laughing. like <laughs> I genuinely. I, well, yeah, I mean, all the time, especially when you're involved. Um, yeah. Just imagine you watching a movie alone,
1: yeah. just being like, ha, 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 ha. like looking around. Just going there's, nothing, there's nothing even playing. I'm
0: just sitting there laughing. It's just like, whoa, whoa. Just in case anyone happens to be like... <laughs> but, um, uh. yeah, I don't know what I was saying. Oh, yeah, the, the relationship between these characters, man. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you, like, the, the way these guys interact and how they're sort of like two halves of a whole Um, and and I know in real life uh, Charlie Kaufman doesn't have a brother called Donald, Um, he's a fictional element of this and that's what makes this movie so interesting, like the adaptation element, it's an adaptation of him um, you know, writing the screenplay it's an adaptation of real world events it's an adaptation of the Orchid book in it Um, there's an element of Darwinism and, um, adapting to your environment, uh, like this film, even with all those lofty themes and, and all those things swelling around, which I love and not everyone loves, I feel like some of these characters I really, really connected with. And so this film on those two ends of the spectrum with like the lofty themes, the meta stuff, and the humanization, the characters, the drama, it works so well. Like it's beautifully done.
2: Yeah. Just, just to like cycle back to the origin of this film. Cause I think this is one of those movies that knowing the the real world stuff, the behind the scenes stuff uh, enriches the film so much more uh, in its own way. Because you, know, as you said, Georgie, this, movie originated as Charlie Kaufman um, trying to adapt the, the article and, and novel The Orchid Thief um, and through his difficulties trying to adapt that this movie kind of formed. And how how, often, how many movies can you say that the the background of the film and the plot of the film are the same thing? Like this is a film that makes itself as you are watching it. Um, it, it's insane. Um, it's an act of just pure artistic bravado that, that I find kind of incomparable. I, I, the first words out of my mouth when this movie ended on this viewing was that I'm in awe of this movie because um, it, it just shouldn't be. The clout that Charlie Kaufman must have had after I think he may have only even done being John Malkovich at this point, to walk into a studio who uh, had hired him and presumably paid him money to adapt specifically this thing and he comes in and says, all right, I, I'm in the movie now. Um, this movie about the Orchid Thief. Um, and also is my fictional brother, who uh, is going to be credited as one of the writers of the film. Um, and the movie will be dedicated to him. And then the, the Academy, the actual Motion Picture Academy, will um, nominate Charlie Kaufman and Donald Kaufman as the writers of this film for an Academy Award. Um it's it's like a a joke that Hollywood is is in on playing playing on itself.
0: It's, it's a holistic it's marketing bizarre. campaign, man. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean it's it's
1: kind of wild the number of layers that this film has. I feel like mm. it it to talk about the movie as a whole I find really difficult. Like you could probably spend 24 hours of just solid investigation into the different aspects of a film and, and different ways mm. of viewing it and, and and all that and I think that that would probably still be insufficient um, so to say anything really substantial about the film as a whole I find as I said very difficult um, I just I know I mentioned it before but I'm just so impressed that, that, that something that should have seemed tacky and something that that you know had some obvious flaws was able to have been done and not feel, um, I guess, tacky. Like, and I think one of the ways that they get away with it, and I think it's it's almost cheating, but it's kind of a brilliant way of cheating, is that um, Charlie Kaufman um, essentially calls out all the tropes that he's using. Mm. You know, everything from the narration to the um you know deus ex- uh, character develop yeah deus ex machina to the the to, like everything all all the you know the character development and and suddenly there's like a, a love triangle but you know or like a a love interest and like all these things that the first half of the movie rails against right like he he basically calls out like this is all the things that are wrong with screenplays and then he does them and 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 because he's called them out you're like hey hmm. so you kind of this movie has his cake
2: and eats it too. It's kind of, Mm. it's kind of wild. It's so amazing. uh, Just, just brilliant. Not only that, but the way that he manages to adapt a significant amount of the orchid thief within this film as well, while making another completely different film that is about something so completely different, but the, the, I don't know the feel and the themes of those stories kind of align. I feel like somehow it does capture some of the essence of the orchid thief, while being about something completely different. Um, it it's mind-boggling the the way this film is put together. Um, on a on a purely structural level, it reminds me in some ways of um, uh, Shaun of the Dead, um, another movie which lays out beat for beat everything that is going to happen throughout the movie without playing its hand that it's telling you that everything um is is coming um because yeah like you said kind of the way this movie kind of just like right from the beginning it talks about how he doesn't want it to be like a, a hollywood movie with car chases and drug running and stuff and you know that's right where we end Literally up really what yeah. happens yeah yeah yeah
1: it's kind of it's it's almost this like satire towards the end. And again, I think that's why they get away with it because it's like mm. he talks about how those are such like such cheap tricks almost. And um and then just you know, because he's called it out, you're like, this is now an examination of those things as opposed to, you know, giving into them. It's a
0: presentation mm. of them. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, well, it's it's definitely done. Like Spike Jones doesn't get much of the credit for this film, even though he's the director, because Charlie Kaufman is obviously the the kind of the main the main event here. But um, when the movie kind of flips its switch and becomes sort of the the Donald Kaufman film once he kind of gets involved in the screenplay in the film, and the film actually turns into something different, um, you can feel it straight away. Mm. Uh, just from the way the camera moves, um, it 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 automatically becomes a a different movie.
1: Mm. And it is well. I love, I love that, you know, not, not to, cause you're talking about Donald and I love that interaction of like, it's this kind of exploration of like the artist and the, um, the producer almost like it's that, you know, am I writing for an audience or am I writing for me? Um, and that, that is reflected in the movie. Like, as you said, like almost like as soon as he starts getting involved in the script, there's a clear tone change. And it is no mm. longer this kind of, you know, just airy-fairy, let's like just examine people and, and you know, for what they are. There's no character development. This is when things start moving. Um, and I thought that was kind of wild. And and one of the things I thought was really interesting about that is that the the natural progression of the film was such that the ending of the book, The Orchid Thief, and kind of the ending of of the Charlie Kaufman section of the film felt like the end of the movie. Like I was looking at this screen time. I'm like, I've got like, I don't know, like at least 40 minutes left. Like Mm. it was wild. I was like, oh my God, there's a whole, like there's a whole nother movie here.
0: Mm. Yeah, Um, there was was elements of this film that were, uh, and maybe you guys can answer this. Uh, I wasn't sure whether I was watching... And obviously, obviously this is all this is an adaptation, but I wasn't sure in some of the scenes, was I watching the screenplay of what he was saying about the Orchid Thief? Was I watching the actual events of the Orchid Thief? Or was I seeing the him imagining the book in his mind? You know, like there was like sort of this way of like this story is sort of not in my mind it was like almost like this sort of fusion like Every scene, I don't think there's any definitive
1: answer. I don't think it can be.
0: And I think that's what's so interesting. And every scene in this kind of feels like its own little nuanced piece because there's quite a lot of things going on in this film. As you said, Connor, we could talk about this for a a day and and longer, but there's so many elements at play here. um, And each scene kind of feels independent of itself, but it all matches together so nicely. Yeah. No, I think
2: that's. Uh, just, just quickly, the the thing about some of these Kaufman films is, it's almost like reality. The reality that we are actually in is part of the text of the film as well. Mm. Like, like it's just the real world is one of the layers that you're talking about within the film as well. Um, it's insane.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, kind of to that point of the tonal change in the movie. Um, I think that, at least from the way that I was watching it, the um, sections where uh, the um, that they were going back and showing the actual like stuff that happened in the Orchid Thief, that was very much just a straight adaptation of the book and showing what more or less just actually happened, and it's mm-hmm. and that's why I feel as it feels like it has an ending, and then there's a clear kind of tonal shift where they go actually there's a little bit more and like that was then kind of the screenplay for me um and
2: how how impressive is it that they actually managed to make a movie with these real life public figures that they that most people probably haven't necessarily heard of or know which parts are necessarily real or not real and you know they they turn them into like murderous
1: drug runners and shit. So the I actually went on to look Kaufman that
2: up. you know,
0: like yeah. I was like. And she.
1: So the actual author was kind of shocked and like very much <laughs> against the movie because, as you would be, like, here's my here's my book about orchids and like desire and like this kind of like you know attaining some level of passion about something, and mm-hmm. or like obtaining the unobtainable, and um, you know, let, let's have a cool movie about it. And by the way you know, as they hand back the script, like, we're going to make you into a drug running, like, you know, porn, you know, or like sex, dep- whatever, whatever she ended up being. It's, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and her reaction is far better than I, my reaction probably would have been. I, you can all get fucked. <laughs> like, what is this?
2: They must have had uh, a great legal team on this film.
1: So I think that what, from what I've read, they basically, they didn't try and force her into it. Um, mm. But they said that everyone is on board, and I sort I think there's a little bit of social pressure to do it. And she wasn't even; she was really uncomfortable with, with it right up until she she uh, she saw the film, or at least so she says. Um, She's in she the film, thought,
2: actually. Is she really? Yeah she she has a brief little cameo in the movie.
1: Oh, I missed uh, that. Yeah,
2: just a just a random character.
1: Yeah, um, but I mean, just I, I I think that that's such a like the balls on the person that would have had to have handed her the script and be like, what do you think? Or the first person Mm -hmm. to broach the subject with her of we're Mm -hmm. taking a slightly different direction. Like how would you even open that conversation? (laughs) Like we've made some slight
0: changes to your character. I feel like, um, with the character of Charlie Kaufman in this, I related to this character so much like there's this is part where he's like talking about really? how he's like all these thoughts rummaging around in his head and and even the social anxiety of like you know there's somebody in a lift that you know and you're standing hmm. there and you're like ah. like I, I i thought that was represented so effectively and it's something that i definitely experienced that sort of social anxiety um and i thought oh wow yeah that's i almost felt like oh Somebody else experiences that as well, of course everyone experiences that. we all know that, but it was you know what I mean I thought it was it was very well executed and and this character was really unsure of himself and i I just thought it was so again Nick Cage just really nailed it for me
2: yeah and it, it was it was so well highlighted with the character or the juxtaposition with the character of Donald because that as an element of the film. Is one of the most kind of ingenious left-of-field things that he threw in, because just as like the idea of a a movie about the writing of a movie, this Ouroboros thing, um, that's that's enough. That is interesting enough. But the fact that he throws in this fictional kind of fictional kind of opposite double of himself character through which he can examine his own anxieties and um, difficulties in life, um, it's it's so effective. Um, and a, a hugely due to Nick Cage as well, who is a meme. He's a joke, but he's also clearly a, just a terrific performer. There is not a moment in this film where you think, where you're like, which one am I watching? Which twin am I watching? Who is Never. This? He, he sells it
0: completely. And great job on the, I don't know who it would be, the production designer or the costume designer, to have um, Charlie Coffin slightly more bald than mm. Donald, because that was just a nice little identifier um, in those moments where they weren't speaking but honestly the characterization the performance the way Nick cage really has a very distinct vibe between these two guys and and, and honestly i can't tell you I, I i was just laughing by myself in a room enjoying mm-hmm. this genuinely the scenes between them genuinely sincerely from the heart you know no word of a lie i honestly like I, I was like, "Wow, Nick Cage is really good." I it. This is kind of the movie
1: that you know for me solidifies why he's such an anomaly because it's like,
0: you know how to act. You know, and you know have how to like. Scene. You you can compare that to the B scene it, in, um, Wicker Man or whatever that movie is. Hey, that stuff's great. I need to. I've never seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that should be my book club, choice. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it's, no. I mean it is just kind of, it is a little bit wild.
1: Um, I mean, and, and it's probably worth mentioning that the, the, this cast in this is just fucking stacked.
2: Um, yeah. Can so- I just jump directly to, to Brian Cox as the, um, the screenwriting <laughs> um, presenter. Uh, if you look up the the character he plays, Robert McKee, another real life person who wrote the book that is, is in the film. Um, they, they're like identical. It's crazy. It's such good casting. And, he it? sells it so well as well. He's so funny. Oh my series. God, you're right. I was looking yeah. at pictures on Google today. I'm like, wait, are these pictures from Adaptation? I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Hmm.
1: Um, yeah, no, I just, it's, every everyone just does such a good job and I love watching some of these older films where you see people that ended up being, you know, quite famous, um, just all in together and you'd, like, you'd never see that kind of stacked cast today because they're all too expensive to get into a single film. Um mm. so it is kind of awesome seeing them all together and you're like, oh fuck, that's cool.
0: So who is yeah, the Mar- who's the Charlie um playing the the guy without his teeth? The, Chris Cooper Chris Cooper, sorry. Mm. Chris Cooper was just fantastic in this This is my favourite performance of his He's always mm. that guy that kind of turns up In that movie, that older guy And to your point, Connor, to see him a little bit younger Probably in his 40s or something I would say in this film mm. like He really nailed that character And I've got to say The car crash scene That is, you know, we use it often On the podcast, but that's visceral And very, very well executed I thought
2: yeah, very intense. I mean, how many times have you seen in a movie like a car pulling out or you're just looking at a car window and then suddenly a, a truck plows into it out of nowhere um, and this one felt as fresh as any. Both the car
0: accidents, to be honest. The last one was mm. savage as mm. well. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, this great. movie was oddly like it willing to to go quite, um, quite the, I'd say, dark.
0: Um, it had nothing on the in Bruges death scene though, you know? No, like It, it was no. funny. It had that funny element to it, but... The performance-wise, that Bruges death scene is <laughs> You're obsessed yeah, with that one. <laughs> oh, insane, insane! It's all about um, the just, eye back Chris, just back
2: to Chris Cooper for a second. Um, he really is so integral to this movie because that character really has to be this kind of strange, beguiling, uh, really one of those really one of a kind people you, you you meet in real life, and he he sells the hell out of it, um, and he deservedly won an Oscar for the performance as well.
1: Yeah, best supporting actor, I believe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and 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 totally deserves it. I mean, just that that monologue where he talks about um what happened to his greenhouse and his wife and the divorce and all that kind of stuff. I just thought Oof. um, man, he's he's a really good actor and um obviously had some really good material to work with in that. But um yeah, man, he, he really sells it and you you find yourself sympathizing with the character alongside meryl streep in a way that um is super effective right like you kind of realize that this is a a real person like a a, an actual person um beyond you know kind of the stereotype that he betrays um Mm. you do so as meryl streep realizes that as well so
2: yeah yeah no sorry
0: oh no you go you go
2: the the pollination monologue as well that he has um, about the the kind of insects mm. flying for the flowers the like the the mating thing so so cool and so necessary to the film um, and and Meryl Streep as well you know obviously she doesn't need any extra praise because she's got a very very strong reputation but I think in this movie you really see why she has that reputation she really sells the yep. journey that this character has to go on.
0: Yeah, she. I was gonna. I was gonna pivot onto her because she was incredible in this film. One of my favorite performances was her again. You know, I don't know a wealth of material of Meryl Streep. She's always one of those sort of A-list actors, but um, she was so good in this. And in where it went, like watching Meryl Streep just do a line of that orchid Coke or whatever, whatever it was called. I was like, hell yeah, man, this is awesome. <laughs> like the green Coke snorting that. I was mm. like. Whoa. I didn't think <laughs> I'd so ever funny. see Meryl Streep doing that, you know? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I was George just like, is up watching here. What is, here? Like, what is what a- this green <laughs> cake
1: that everyone's doing? Like- what am I
0: watching here? I'm like, this is great. Uh, so you know, you know, you have an expectation with a film and then it goes to this other place, and you're like, what is going on? But let's do this. Honestly, yeah,
1: one of the great things about this is that I I had watched it so long ago and had like I just I I almost like completely forgot massive chunks of this film, like almost the entire second half was like I had nearly forgotten about it all, Um, and so it was really awesome like watching it and, um, uh, and kind of like remembering certain parts. I'm like, oh yeah, that was like, oh okay, I get like, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I I hadn't watched this film in many years either, Um, and I remember I'd actually seen it. When I was a, a bit younger, and I'm pretty sure the movie just like completely flew over my head. Because um, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to, to Google anything after the movie. I didn't know much about the kind of the, the, its actual origin and stuff. But I remember I watched it again when I was a little bit older and kind of got it, I, I think, a bit better. But I, I think it really re- rewards uh, reviewings as well, anyway.
0: I was yeah. just thinking the whole time, I cannot wait to re watch this. I, I can, I kid you not, this is probably top 10 films of me for all time. Wow. Jesus. I cannot tell you, like, all this stuff with the meta stuff was awesome and, Mm. you know, these stories within stories within stories. But that character was so 3D for me. I really connected with that character and I thought – this is just working on every level. And as I said, each scene feels so different to the next. It's just rolling along this thing. It's like, it's like like kind of feels like a little bit of, you know, this film also talks about the creative process, right? Because he had writer's block. That's the whole genesis of the film was the fact that he was doing the true adaptation of the book and he was experiencing writer's block. So then he went and created this total other meta thing. And it kind of talks about that. And then his brother, you know, giving comments or, you know, somebody being like, Oh, why don't you do this? And just kind of being like, no, I'm doing my thing. And mm. uh, there's something, there's something quite interesting about that.
2: I mean, it was so fascinating watching him just like going crazy on his little tape recorder about how he wants to start at the dawn of time and, and, and track all of the, the universe's history right up to, to, to him coming along And that's something that's already happened in the movie that he's talking about creating. It's insane. Um, Georgie, I just, a slight pivot. I don't know if you have seen this movie. I don't think so, but, um, Kaufman went on uh, a few years later to, to direct his own film, um, Synecdoche New York, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. It, it, it's very similarly meta, um, a lot more somber though, um, very pretty long and slow, but it explores a lot of, of similar stuff, the um the sort of really philosophical elements of this movie. Yeah. Um it's one of the one of the more intense um existential films I've ever watched. I I really can't recommend it highly enough if you enjoyed this one.
0: Yeah, man. I um I, I was actually almost gonna choose that for book club next week, mm. but I'm not going to because nice. I think we should probably Ooh. keep it diversified, but that's one. Is that I'm a really, good? Really keen to watch that. Segway. I'm Any still final like. Thoughts? I'm still like figuring out what movies to choose. So can we like talk a little bit more <laughs> oh, about? Yeah, right. I <laughs> so, mean the so, wheels, spin the
2: yeah, wheels. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, you 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 have a thing for one. Because I'm doing the same thing, um, Benny. I've got ben, like six movies. That and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've actually. <laughs> I'm i I've, I've been really lucky. This, this, I've got. Two movies that I've just kind of solidified as my next two picks. Um and you know envy you. the the um the movie that you pick and when I watch it it might affect it a little bit just because you know you obviously want to kind of um, have a nice flow on like whether that's like completely different or or whatever have you. But um yeah, I've got my next
2: one. Like,
1: yeah. Um but uh Ben, did you? What was the context that you watched this originally?
2: I don't specifically remember. Um, I it could have potentially been in school. Um, I, I'm not sure. It was. It was. I was going to say
1: that's how I watched it.
0: Yeah, I was. I was thinking that was might be what you're alluding to. That, that could have been it. That'd be a tough time, man. If I saw that when I if when I was um, yeah like 15, there is, I would be yeah. tripping out. Uh, yeah, you
1: just. And you know what? I, I'll be honest. There's no better way to ruin a film than to have to study mm. it or to watch it in a class. Like I just find that to be.
0: Blade a... did that. A, yep. Remember, I hated Blade yeah. Runner in high school, and it's one of my favorite films now. I hate exactly it, the same. Blade Runner. It took me ten yeah. years to realize that that movie fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Uh, it, it,
1: even like books, and that like you know, I was really lucky with Dune. Like I had read Dune before we read it in class, but I was like, I I would have hated to have like read that in that context of like, oh, you have to read this. I'm like fuck that. Mm. So yeah, that's that's how I came across this originally, and I just feel as though in that context, I didn't appreciate it for what it was. Right? You kind of you're over analyzing av- analyzing it, but at the same time, kind of not appreciating that analysis. You're just kind of like saying things. And
0: I remember yeah. so specifically we were watching Blade Runner and it's the final scenes with Roy Batty at the end mm. in that top area the sort of with the wood and the lights shining through. And I remember the teacher saying the light and this stuff represents this, that, and the other. And I was mm. like, I remember things I said I was like no Ridley Scott's just an incredible visual artist <laughs> there's the, like you're pulling shit out of your it's ass annoying. I can't remember what it was specifically but I remember, I remember... so specifically being like you're pulling shit out of your ass and you are ruining this film and I came back to it later and I enjoyed it way more
1: yeah I I remember very specifically uh year 9 um, we had a teacher he's a fucking Moron!
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> guy. I feel so sorry for this teacher. You uh, no, no. no I'll, 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 I, I will. I will, uh, I will.
1: I I will give you the level of stupidity. He basically, we we were reading um to to kill a mockingbird, right? And the class had gotten in like a couple of days or something like that. Like we were not far into it, like a couple chapters into kill a mockingbird. And he goes. We're going to put on the movie because apparently a lot of students are having difficulty with the idea that Scott is not, or sorry, Scott was it Scout? Scout is not uh, a boy. That Scout is a girl. So we're going to check on the film. I was like, okay, okay. "Are you fucking kidding me? You're an English teacher. What, like, you, the fucking worst?" Anyway, sorry. That my um my my memory was of watching Rebel Without a Cause. And like it was exactly like that, George. Like I remember one thing he's he paused it as they were backing out of a driveway. And he goes, This is him backing away from like society and commitments. And like, bro, he's fucking backing out of a driveway. Relax, relax. Like, not every single scene has and- to have some like massive like impact. That can be your like interpretation
0: just- though. That's the thing. There's a difference between interpretation and intent that the director's trying to do, right? Mm. But listen, I've got my pick. So Maybe we should wrap up on adaptation, and I'll give my pick for next week. Um, I think I thank you, Benny, for picking this film because, uh, as I said, I've been meaning to watch this a long time, and I'm really glad we're doing this movie book club thing, and I'm really glad we've got the Facebook group. Um, this was a, an amazing time for me. I look forward to watching. Um, what what is it? Synecdote or key New York? Uh, really, really looking forward to watching that. And I think if you think if if I actually thought this film was going to be a little more heady and meta, mm-hmm. but you actually can just watch it and not have to think about those things too much, and it and it still mm-hmm. really works. Like I think I could watch this with my mum and dad, and they might be like, "Oh, what what's happening here?" But they they you can watch it on that level where it's just like it's just the characters are working so well. And and mm. sorry, we haven't talked about the Robert McKee scene at as, at all. And I thought that was so interesting because I've read that book's screenplay, and I was mm. like, wow, just like him in the lecture theatre and Brian Cox giving that performance, and then the pub scene, just just on so many levels. That I found this film working, and uh, that was 10, one out of 10 my favorite 10 moments. Out of 10, Eleven out of ten could be in top terms. five, could be top ten favorite films of all time. Yeah.
1: That was one of my favorite moments in terms of like an actual, like a belly laugh, like when he go, mm. so help me God. If you do actually like almost any line that Brian Cox said was brilliant. But like when he's like, if you do voiceover, I was like, fucking that's brilliant. That's and, so and, good.
0: and how funny is that? Because that's something that I've, you know, like the Blade Runner example, again, Harrison Ford doing the, the voiceover. Oh, this sucks. Voiceover sucks. But if you mm. do voiceover with purpose, you know, and you're not just doing it to like explain things, this is a prime example of that. yeah this movie's full
2: of full of narration um but it also has narration that is just stopped in its tracks by someone saying that narration is horrible and then it disappears for almost the rest of the film
1: yeah it does Mm. until in right up until the point where it is purposely noted that he's doing narration but he doesn't give a shit even though the guy said he shouldn't
2: Mm. and then of course he brings back the song happy together um Mm. to finish off the film such a perfect beautiful ending
0: Great, excellent, great times. So, movie book club episode nine, episode nine. Next next episode,
2: nine.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Because this would
1: mean we have all picked two.
0: Um, so I had a couple thoughts, right? And there was one that I was going to go for, and it was Star Trek Into Darkness because I. Just was like, so interested by that comment and um, I'm actually keen to revisit that independently so maybe we can have a discussion about that another time. Maybe even Connor, that could be your pick, I don't know. But um, (laughs) I decided to not go down that path because I just thought, I'm not sure where the conversation could go beyond the Khan element and us being like, hey, that that was cool or that wasn't cool. I I just wasn't sure whether it was going to really develop beyond that.
2: I have plenty, so if you yeah. ever want to choose to pick that again later, we can
1: also, go. Should we do it? Should we do it? Uh, also, we're before, doing we, before we go, we're doing, go, doing uh, it. We're doing it. Oh, we're doing it into darkness. We're doing it
0: into, uh, into darkness. You did that, Benny. You
1: did that. Damn it! <laughs>
0: Just, just doing as, it as a dark, quick I'm clarification, not you, I'm not even telling you what the other yeah. what I actually was going to pick. That's fine. Now we're picking. It's a dark. I just want to point this
1: out so everyone recognizes what's also happening behind the scenes. And I didn't pick this, but I, I could see it's going to be an issue. Is like people trying to offload suggestions that they don't want to waste on themselves, being like, "You should do this."
0: Like George, even your wife was like,
1: "Oh, you know, Carter, you should suggest it." I'm like, I'm not gonna suggest
2: it. George should suggest it.
0: My only yeah, concern yeah. with Into Darkness, right? Uh, okay, my only concern with Into Darkness, if we're talking an open forum, my pick is like what I consider what what I was gonna pick was I like consider a great film, you know, and I'd like you guys to watch. Whilst Into Darkness is more like, "Hey, that's an interesting c- opinion from the book club community." um you know let's revisit that and see it with a different lens on something that i didn't think was that great and it's probably not going to be the best film but you know if we've got something yeah. to talk about i like but- I, I basically i don't want us to go into the territory if we're talking openly of like we're just picking shit films to dog on you know i want this no. to be like more of a conversation kind there of should you know, be a it reason, like already a- exists yeah I'm
1: I'm I'm okay with like if with you suggesting bad films and I'm okay with us like exploring why it's a bad film and like even doing a little bit of shitting on it um uh but I like you know I, I suppose we never really clarified exactly what our purpose for doing the the book club is but I I think it's just you know it's just conversations my understanding, and yeah,
0: sharing sharing It's movies. a movie that you want to pick
1: yeah. And, and you know, that could be for good, like bring, bringing movies that you think are really good. And it could be Eat for Evil, forcing, you know, you to watch The Hobbit 3. So, you know, we'll yeah, see how hey, it goes. Uh,
0: listen, as long as there's a conversation and it's not. Oh, there'll like, be a conversation. Hey, maybe even. <laughs> I was going to say, as long as it's not Birdemic, maybe Birdemic would be an awesome episode. I don't know. But I'm nah. committing to whatever I was going to do for that pick. I'm going to do that next week. So we're definitely going to, well, next week. Well, in a month's <laughs> time or whatever. We're definitely yeah. going to do that, so I'll leave that on my sleeve. So Star Trek Into Darkness, We ma- this is meta. like The book club, the, the podcast becomes the book club, becomes the Facebook group. Oh, what the fuck? Good times. We'll see you next week, everyone. Thanks again, Benny, for that pick. Take it easy, Connor. And bye, Benny. So disappointed in myself. (laughs) Did you pause
1: this?